98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Eight high-profile activists are jailed for their role in a June 4th candlelight vigil last year. A primary school offers children counselling after showing them disturbing footage of the Nanjing massacre in class. And Hong Kong reports two more Omicron COVID cases. The District Court has sentenced eight activists to up to 14 months in prison for their roles in a banned June 4th candlelight vigil in Victoria Park last year. Sean Kennedy reports. Lee Chuk Yan, Richard Tsui, Leung Yu Chung, Leung Kam Wai, and Wu Chi Wai had earlier pleaded guilty to organising, joining, or inciting others to join the vigil, while Jimmy Lai, Chao Hang Tung, and Gwyneth Ho were convicted of the charges after trial. Handing down her sentence, Judge Amanda Woodcock said the defendants had posed a threat to public health safety by breaching the police ban on the rally and deterrent sentences were needed. Lee Chuck Yan was given 14 months in prison for his leadership role in the rally, with his sentence to be served concurrently with his sentences for other protest-related offences. Jimmy Lai was given 13 months in prison, with his jail term to be served concurrently with his sentences for other protest-related offences. The judge sentenced Tsui and Chao to 12 months, Leung Yu Chung and Leung Kam Wai to nine months, Ho to six months, and Wu Chi Wai to four months and two weeks. A primary school in Tinmen has offered counselling after showing children as young as six graphic footage of the Nanjing massacre. Reports in the media said children were left frightened and in tears by the video, and parents complained to the school. This parent said education authorities should give better guidelines to schools. I think the school shouldn't be blamed for this incident. The Education Bureau's guidelines aren't clear enough. They should give better guidelines now that Hong Kong is adopting patriotic education. They should give more thought to this matter, such as clearly classifying materials. The Education Bureau said it didn't order schools to show the video to all grades. It said teachers could help to use the documentary, but should be professional and give appropriate guidance. A national commemoration has been held in Nanjing to mark the 84th anniversary of the massacre in the city by Japanese troops. Timmy Sung reports. Those attending the ceremony observed a minute's silence while sirens blared in the city. This was followed by the laying of wreaths by PLA soldiers. Addressing the event, Vice Premier Sun Chun-nan said China would take history as a mirror and continue on a path of peaceful development. She said the Japanese troops committed crimes against humanity, saying there is ironclad evidence and history cannot be distorted. Ms. Sun said the Communist Party has achieved a lot since its establishment 100 years ago, and it is the biggest comfort for the victims of the massacre, as well as those who sacrificed their lives during the fight. The ceremony ended with dozens of teenagers reading out a declaration of peace, while doves symbolizing peace were released. Hong Kong has recorded two more cases of the Omicron coronavirus variant, bringing the total to seven. Genome sequencing showed that a man and a woman who arrived from Britain on Friday and were confirmed as COVID cases yesterday carried the variant. The SAR confirmed two more imported COVID cases today. The Privacy Commission says a 31-year-old man has been arrested in the first case under a new law targeting the malicious release of private information known as doxing. The Office of the Privacy Commissioner says the case relates to a financial dispute on an online platform and is still under investigation. Lodic Fan is the Commission's acting senior personal data officer. The purpose of the new 
requirement of the ordinance is the to control and to punish doxing ads. So if you are only doing normal internet activities, you are not doxing other people, you will not be governed by this ordinance. But if you are doxing ads, you will be governed and you will, be, you will need to be careful with what you do online. And the weather, mainly fine. Minimum temperature tomorrow morning down to about 18 degrees in the urban areas. And it will be a couple of degrees cooler in the new territories. It's going to be dry during the day with the maximum temperature getting to around 22 degrees. Moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds, occasionally strong offshore at first tomorrow. The outlook, the temperatures are going to rise slightly in the coming couple of days. The winds will strengthen from the north and the weather will become rather cool later in the week. The temperature now 19 degrees, humidity 71%. You're tuned to RTHK, the time is coming up to 5 minutes past 11. The Chief Executive's Office says it's received an item of threatening mail addressed to Carrie Lam and has reported the case to police. Natalie Ching has the details. In a statement, the CE's office said the envelope contained a knife blade as well as an intimidating letter. It condemned the behavior, saying that the authorities would do everything it takes to protect the safety of government officers and safeguard public security. The statement added, Hong Kong is a society which observes the rule of law. It will not tolerate such illegal acts as violence and intimidation. It said that if anyone attempted to exert influence on the work of a public officer by unlawful means, the government would spare no effort to bring the culprit to justice. The head of the Independent Police Complaints Council says there's no conflict between her role at the police watchdog and a potential appointment at the University of Hong Kong. Priscilla Wong, a member of HKU's governing council, made the comment after media reports that she would succeed Arthur Lee as council chair. Ms Wong didn't directly confirm her appointment, but says she's willing to serve Hong Kong. Everything we do is independent, fair and just. I serve the university with all my heart and I try to do my best. There is absolutely no conflict. As to whether it will involve a lot of effort or time, I think everyone in Hong Kong is very busy. If this was a big problem, I wouldn't take this job. I've held public posts for many years. If I think I can do it and I can contribute, I'll try my best because Hong Kong is our home. A community group has warned that children from low-income families are struggling to keep up with their schoolwork because most classes are still operating on a half-day basis. It's calling on the government to resume all-day face-to-face lessons and provide stronger education support for grassroots families. The Concern for Grassroots Limited Alliance interviewed around 400 low-income parents this month and found that they had to spend around three more hours each day taking care of their children's homework and barely had time to make a living. Wang Kai-Hing is a director of the group. Because the syllabus didn't change. So in the situation now is the teacher have to use only half of the days to teach them a full day syllabus. So that actually in, in the in the lesson the teacher don't have enough time to explain or answer the questions. So for the family have more economic support they may find some other support from the other services. But for the lower class families, they don't have such economic support. But at the same time, the parents may also don't have enough ability to support the children. The Jockey Club says three jockeys who were injured during a major fall at the Hong Kong International Races yesterday are in stable condition in hospital and will take some time to recover. Vicky Wong has more. 
Four horses were caught in the pile-up during the Hong Kong Sprint. Bill Nader, the club's director of racing, business and operations, said it's too early to say what caused the fall, but he said vets would look into what happened. Riders Lyle Hewitson and Zach Purton were in intensive care overnight, while Japanese competitor Yuichi Fukunaga was also in hospital. Mr Nader said it could take up to a few weeks until the trio fully recover, but they will be back soon enough. I'm happy to report that while they will miss a bit of time recovering, at this moment we're assured that there were no real serious injuries. Two horses, Amazing Star and Nabu Attack, had to be put down. Speaking to RTHK's Morning Brew programme, Mr Nader said that in the final 400 metres of the race, Amazing Star fell and injured his left front leg and the horses and jockeys behind him just didn't have enough time to react. He confirmed that Purton's horse, Lucky Patch, escaped with minor cuts and will be back in no time at all, while Fukunaga's horse, Pixie Knight, will be well enough to return to Japan on Wednesday. Meanwhile, the Home Affairs Bureau confirmed that Sunday's race was held under strict COVID control measures. Fukunaga is one of a number of overseas jockeys allowed to compete as part of a racing bubble arrangement. Under the arrangements, overseas jockeys, trainers and professionals responsible for the training and care of any overseas horses taking part in the race need to operate in a closed-loop management system. The hospital authorities said Fukunaga is undergoing treatment in isolation and that in accordance with COVID measures, he was taken to Prince of Wales Hospital in a designated ambulance and personnel responsible for his care have to comply with COVID protection measures. A respiratory medicine expert says people should get vaccinated against COVID-19 as soon as possible instead of waiting for drug manufacturers to develop new vaccines against the Omicron variant. Maggie Ho reports. David Hoy told an RTHK program that it would take a while before a new generation of vaccines against COVID will be available, so people should not wait for them. Even if the manufacturers can produce the second generation vaccine in a short period of time, they'll still have to test it afterwards. They won't roll it out into the market immediately. That's why Hong Kong should not wait. We should use the vaccines available now to protect ourselves. Dr Ho noted that overseas evidence showed booster shots can greatly increase a person's level of antibodies and said Hong Kong should consider allowing more people to get them soon. He said an expert committee advising the government will discuss the matter. At present, people who had a second dose of Sinovac at least six months ago are those in priority groups can get a booster shot. Researchers at the University of Hong Kong say some elderly people and patients with chronic diseases may have avoided seeking medical treatment in hospital because of concerns relating to the pandemic. They say this could have dire consequences on occasions. Wendy Wong reports. The HKU research team says the number of visits to emergency departments at 18 public hospitals dropped more than a quarter between January and August last year, compared to the same period in 2019. At the same time, the city's mortality rate rose from 2 to 2.9 percent. The researchers think people might have avoided visiting accident and emergency departments as they were worried about being infected with COVID-19. They say people might also have been concerned that their visits would place an extra burden on hospitals, but it's important that people seek medical treatment when necessary, even with the pandemic. The research team says the government should set up a telephone advisory centre and an online consultation system to help triage patients and advise on when it's necessary for people to attend an emergency department. 
Overseas, queues have formed at Covid vaccination clinics in Britain after the government announced the speeding up of a booster programme. The authorities in England now aim to offer a third vaccine dose to all adults by the end of the month. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, said the UK had suffered its first death linked to the Omicron variant. The British Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, said the country was once again in a race between virus and vaccines. Since we learned about Omicron, our strategy has been to, to buy time to assess it and to build our defences. What we now know about Omicron is that, first of all, that it's spreading at a phenomenal rate, something that we've never seen uh, before. It's doubling every two to three days in infections, and that means we're facing a tidal wave of infection. It's, we're once again in a race between the vaccine and the virus. Early figures from South Africa, where the Omicron coronavirus variant was first identified, suggest it causes a far lower rate of serious illness and death than previous waves of the pandemic. Shabir Madi, a professor of vaccinology, said the new variant was far more transmissible, but he said there were some reassuring signs. What we are seeing is large number of breakthrough cases in individuals that have been vaccinated, as well as reinfections in people that have previously been infected. But those infections are not progressing to severe disease and death in any sort of meaningful large numbers. So yes, there is going to be some people that are going to end up in hospital and die of COVID-19. But that is not going to come anywhere close to what we had experienced during the course of the first three waves. The BBC says its investigation has revealed that the Black Axe Organised Crime Syndicate in Nigeria has infiltrated the political system there and is engaged in fraud and other crimes across four continents. Black Axe has been operating illegally for decades in Nigeria and is one of the most feared mafia-style gangs. A private investigator under the pseudonym Uche Tobias has been monitoring one of the group's alleged leaders. Augustus Pomigo was a very typical member of the Black Axe. He was an advanced fee fraudster, stealing money off people, laundering money. He was providing victims with evidence of being a businessman and people were falling for it. He's the head of a criminal organisation. That is a scandal that a head of a criminal organisation can run for politics. The BBC says it's been unable to contact Augustus Bermigo for comment. Now look at sport, and European football's governing body has been forced to redo the draw for the Champions League round of 16 because of technical problems and a material error. UEFA said the original draw was void. Manchester United were erroneously drawn against Villarreal, a side they had already been paired with in a qualifying group, and this led to other errors. The new draw was carried out about an hour ago, pairing United with Atletico Madrid. Finally, a reminder of our top stories tonight. Eight high-profile activists are jailed for their role in a June 4th candlelight vigil last year. A primary school offers children counselling after showing them a disturbing footage of the Nanjing massacre in class. And Hong Kong reports two more Omicron COVID cases. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio I'm calling you.
Featured in a film called Rosemary, if I remember correctly from what I was reading some time ago. Was it Howard Keel, Anne Blythe, something like that? Uh, big hit, of course, for uh, a number of people over the years. Uh, Nelson, Eddie, Jeanette MacDonald even had a version of this, but Slim Whitman, I suppose, would be the big commercial hit. Indian Love Call on this occasion from Ray Stevens. How are you doing this Monday evening? Wherever you are, you're more than welcome to join in. If you'd like a song, you probably know the email address by now. As we play you up next, The Carpenters. Talking to myself and feeling old Sometimes I'd like to quit Nothing ever seems to fit Hanging around Nothing to do but frown Rainy days and Mondays always get me down What I got they used to call blues Nothing is really wrong Feeling like I don't belong Walking around Some kind Lonely cloud, rainy days and Mondays home. 